You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. I am here again with Paul and Anna. How are you guys doing? I am fantastic. I just got uh, the book Callahan's Cross Time Saloon, as well as Terry Jones's Starship Titanic in the mail. So I am just so excited to read over them. Mm, nice. I, I'm good as well. I I, uh, I had the hiccups today. <laughs> so Do you that still? Was, that was fun. No, no, that's that's the excited part. Oh, okay. Mm, I got good. nothing going on today. So, yeah. so that was entirely irrelevant. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. The situation has been resolved before it could be a problem. Thank you. That's um, well. Um, now that we're on our best behavior, joining us on the show this week is a good friend of mine, Lucas Mercer, who happens to be one of the most artistic people I know. Who has his hand in everything from writing to acting to even a bit of game design. But most relevant to today's topic is that he is a musician with a lot of appreciation and inspiration for video game scores. So first of all, welcome to the show, Lucas. Hey, man. Bonsoir. How are you doing today? I am feeling fantastic. I'm really excited. I love this topic. So how about we start off with your musical experience? Why don't you tell us a bit about that? Uh, I've been a musician, uh, playing guitar since nine, seriously since twelve, and in band since fourteen. When I was when I was a kid, we we won some city contest, best song, and things like that. Um, I've traveled across the country to join different bands. Video game music was a huge inspiration for me to actually take music seriously, seriously, and propel me in that direction. And and I took that with me as I went. And in the last fifteen years or so, I have started actually kind of realizing my desire to create video game music. Mm. Although I definitely have my own angle at it, if you will. I'm um, starting to do some game design. And my major focuses along the way have also been this band that I'm part of. I'm part of a band called Zen Junkie. I've been writing a lot of solo rock material, kind of uh, alternative, progressive rock world, if you will, uh, mm. for the better part of my life. Actually, I've always been looking for players. It's just uh, looking for the right people who are interested or able to play the stuff that I composed because it can be a little complicated sometimes. But for the last three years, I've had these amazing brothers of, of mine making this music with me. But I've also met an incredible array of people. Uh, my friend Cameron Serafino Catalano, who mastered a lot of my albums, who I have a side project with of improvisational uh, experimental forms. And uh, he actually is a film composer working with uh, a lot of uh, companies right now, um, and uh, a lot of just amazing, talented hippies. <laughs> I'm on the West Coast, so uh, I had I had a good friend, Sid Dell, who who is one of the best drummers I've ever known in my life. Who uh, I made an, an acoustic thrash album with, Tribal Folk, we call it, mm -hmm. uh, a few years back, Ark Island. Um, I just have a lot of music to say. I, it's an embodiment. <laughs> I'm not like like I am really passionate, but I don't want like. I'd rather be than sell, you know? It's, uh, well, so to speak, I mean verbally. I come from theater, but I mostly have been in the music community uh, for a long time, although I play a hell of a lot of video games and have been part of online mm -hmm. communities. Um, and uh, because because I've always just really wanted to make games eventually, and 
Well, I'm, I'm doing that right now, actually. I've been doing it for the last eight years or so, or, yeah, eight years mm-hmm. or so. Um, but, um, but to actually realize the art of creating environments with your music, mm-hmm. uh, some, like, like, listening to music is somewhat of an act of stewing in any, in any case, but, but anyone who knows what it's like to love becoming the character on the screen, uh, has a different kind of understanding of the displacement that comes along with that. And I love that. And mm. I just want to make more of that. <laughs> and uh, as as a as a section as a section of my life, I'm really going to be focusing on my band in a lot of ways in the years to come. Um, but uh, I want to do everything, uh, and I and I will. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's just really great to be engaged with you guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I've been looking forward to feeling like I can be part of the gamer community and not just the music communities. You said uh, we. Was your family musically inclined when you were growing up? Um, no, but, well, my mother was. She, uh, mm-hmm. she actually was on albums with a church group when I was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> my family went through uh, a lot of religious changes, uh, affiliations, if you will. Um, but nothing really that much other than my dad is buying me a uh, guitar. But the thing, like growing up in the 90s, I, I imagine it's kind of like growing up in the 70s in a way, or <laughs> even the 80s, where, where, where when music starts to really grasp the attention of the kids, they all get together and it's just like, we are making this happen. And uh, maybe it's just the sensibility I had from it. But, but when I really learned music, it was, there was, there was a lot of we. There was a mm-hmm. lot of us. I, I've become very, independent in my directions but the the reason i have this band is so that i have people to 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 share with to to create with um like i'm making a lot of stuff on my own anyway but uh, i've become more independent is what i'm kind of saying but back then it it was all community and and uh, challenging each other to learning i'm sure like paul's probably had a similar experience uh uh, having uh, peers who just like you pass back and forth what what you can do with the instrument now and uh, it's just a, I think there's a community like that it's almost like an ecosystem yeah yeah, yeah well put now, it, it, sometimes it feels like the only real magic in the world is, is uh, that just that unexplainable feeling of, of going back and forth uh, you know musically speaking with other musicians and such is there's something about it and you've mentioned uh, a few moments ago regarding music and games that that, sh- that struck a chord with me um and it kind of begs a question for all, all three of you is you had alluded to you know when when there's music in a game that uh in in my own words just interpreting what you said because I, I forgot your direct quote but it was basically like when when the game's music is a, a character in of itself you know a landscape mm-hmm. and 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 things like that so i was kind of wondering maybe go go around past the mic kind of thing and if you guys could uh list off any games that you felt that the music was uh was so was so much a part of the game that it felt like a character in the game oh man done mm-hmm. <laughs> go for, for me right away i gotta jump in with uh and i'm i'm not surprised if a lot of other people out there that are listening would have the same answer but the music in quest for glory 4 pops into my head more than the music from any other game that was probably my first choice as well. That's nice. why I had to jump in there quickly. You see, oh, of course, yeah. No, no. <laughs> I, I, that's why. I, that's why I kind of uh, left it for others to pick first because I knew that that would be. Uh... Uh, very good chance of that being the first one to be named. exactly, and 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 even just okay, the Leshy music that is in my head more than any other music, and then just the little hello and like the little sound bites that go with it. It all yeah. goes together so well. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, it's definitely like it's a marked difference. Like I mean, the the amount of setting that is just boldly established by those first chords when you open <laughs> the game. It's very deliberate and and uh, jarring, and that's just like your introduction to the land. Um, it yeah, it, it it's a good, it's a good choice. <laughs> well, you know the. Uh... The sound at the beginning of it also strikes a little bit of anticipation and fear in my heart because for the longest time, the game would crash with the error right after I'd start <laughs> playing and I'd slide down by the goo. So I'd keep restarting it to try to get it to work over and over. So all I'd hear is, is the little beginning intro. So I'm like, I love it. But at the same time, I'm like, I want more. <laughs> it's like It was designed to drive you mad. <laughs> now you know what it's like to live in this land. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Aubrey Hodges is—he's—he's he's quite brilliant. I really—I I think his his uh, magnum opus was Quest for Glory Four. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with his work. I know he worked on like uh, Ports of Doom and, and a lot of popular titles for like consoles. Mm -hmm. But from what I know of his work, Quest for Glory Four was was the best. But I also loved his work in Bloody uh, Conquest of the Longbow. That was also oh, yeah. uh, him. It was amazing. Yeah. That's another really good one to bring up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I played that a very long time ago, uh, and so long ago, in fact, that I did not have a sound card, so I absolutely have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know until up, though, later though, I didn't know that was him. <laughs> Just imagine lutes and pan flutes and, you know, you get it. You yeah, get it. It's really good. Yeah. The Kevin Costner kind of stuff, it's great. But my um, my actual, why did I say Kevin Costner? Was he, he was a Robin Hood, that fits. That Prince works. of Thieves. Yeah. Yeah. Part of my Thieves. brain that done that. It. I heard yeah, it. there we go. My uh, oh, my actual pick for part of a, a, a music that feels like a character would be Gabriel Knight One. I, I mm. Just oh yeah, absolutely love the ambiance and of the the pianos and it just it yeah it's there, there's a lot of uh, strategic quiet in that game not not really musically but just in the game you know it lets you breathe and lets you think and and that piano feels like just a companion it almost feels it's it's the bloody it's the cedric to, to gabriel he's, he's <laughs> music is is your cedric it's there to keep you company and uh, it does a much better job than cedric in my opinion no cedric's lovely without the voice. Uh, I, i'd agree with that because so much of it is also new orleans and it mm. it it aligns with that localization so brilliantly yeah. Yeah, it was a really great soundtrack. Uh, I think I include one of the songs from it. Uh, I just made a 143-song playlist for this conversation. <laughs> uh, I think I may release with the interview if you, if uh, if you'll allow me. Mm -hmm. But um, but because I because I think I may refer to it here and there. I just made it, but think, but uh, yeah, uh, he does a similar. Robert Holmes does a similar thing in Grey Matter. I feel too. Uh, works mm -hmm. with their daughter as well, but. Uh, he he is really good at, at having that be that extra character. This this is funny because that question led me very quickly to like my favorite soundtrack just instantly. And I think I mean you're talking about Quest for Glory, for uh, like those are some of your fa absolute favorite games. Uh, the question naturally really brings you quickly to your favorite games, and I think that says something about the success of music mm -hmm. when it when it really brings out character. Uh, but uh, I talk about this all all the time. I'll try not to spend too much time on it to eat our time up. But uh, Final Fantasy VI is mm -hmm. an incredible, incredible mm -hmm. version of that uh, because it is also an incredibly successful uh, exploration of character in music. Uh, I, I recently have been obsessed with this movie, Once Upon a Time in the West. It's on Netflix. Go see it if you want to see uh, cinema music done exquisitely if you just mm -hmm. want to kick back and 
be worked over by art. <laughs> um, uh, but but my I, I'm really of the opinion now that Nobuo Yamatsu, the composer for Final Fantasy, is the Ennio Morricone of video games, and Final Fantasy VI specifically draws to uh, almost that specific film in a, in a profound way. Um, the when you give a video game character a theme song, there's a different there's a different kind of reality that that takes on than, than just watching movies. When you're watching a movie, you have that two-hour window, maybe two to three-hour window. Uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, for example, is an incredible example. Probably the best I've ever seen in a movie other than maybe Star Wars. Maybe, like, they're on a similar level, honestly, mm-hmm. um, where you have four main characters and they have very drawn-out character themes, uh, motifs, late motifs, um, that interact with each other the music will interact with each other as the characters interact with each other and it's breathtaking uh technically conceptually uh, in the writing when you look up the credits of who really came uh, envision the film it makes sense but then final fantasy 6 uh the game in which they very decidedly uh went with the idea that every character can be the main character even if uh, there's a few that really aren't fleshed out too much but that that whole they they're going at that angle and the the importance of char- character theme songs really comes to life there and uh, it's almost like the game is a western uh, it gets a lot of attention as a steampunk game and it is mm-hmm. but I I I've come to discover after watching those movies and seeing how the similarities like people forget to point out that it's also kind of a western like it's a steampunk western and the the emotionality of the themes that it, it works in a really similar way to the structure that I was seeing uh, with Ennio Morricone in the Sergio Leone films, except it has this crazy byway of David Bowie uh, JRPG explosion into another realm of that kind of mentality. And in, in, in I really, there's so much more I can get into the creation of the sound chip in order to create the soundtrack. Uh, like, the creation of MIDI tones where you would hear a, a plinking like Wild West piano, mm-hmm. uh, an old one of those old stand-up ones, uh, or uh, a particular tone so you, it really sounds like there's a stand-up bass, uh, creating these these localizations and things like that. So in a similar way to like Robert Holmes in New Orleans, mm-hmm. localizations uh, programmed into the hardware. Uh, they, they they made uh, for that game in Chrono Trigger. They had they played with in, uh, inventing new sound designs and uh, media libraries, I believe. And uh, but the amount of character presence that that gives it in mm-hmm. the actual. I mean, I I kind of play it to like play a a living opera, really. I mean, I really do play it so my heart soars when the music is playing. Uh, mm-hmm. The mechanics are great. Uh, there's some in the SNES cartridge that I have. There's some bugs that I can never fix. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's no evade. I can't evade apparently. Uh, mm. But but it's worth it for the 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 incredible feeling of characterization and and to take it further. I just that's such a huge value for me in video games when the characterization is that immense and the music is reinforcing it. You just kind of mm. get into this frame where. Uh, you know, we're characters and life's a song and this is how we can see things and it's just lovely. I love that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it is absolutely a character, but it's not just a character. 
in the game. It's a character in, in uh, the Pantheon, if you ask me. Mm. But I'm passionate about it, so. <laughs> you kind of you sold me on maybe playing that game, and that would, that would say a lot. I haven't mucked around with anything non-adventure or on a console in, in years. Ooh, that would be fun, and we could do an episode about it. <laughs> sure, I, I would. I would still break it down. I I mm. get really analytical about that game. Uh, and I sh- here is a good point for me to mention that on the playlist that I've prepared, I have uh, a quite a large cross section of Nobuyu Matsu uh, mm-hmm. with his pal Mitsuda, and that he includes the piano versions. That that's amazing. That is good. Oh, there's there's a lot of really good stuff. Out, piano versions. Um, uh, I haven't included too much myself, uh, but Mitsuda uses a lot of piano and stuff, and uh, there, there are there is a Mitsuda song that some people might not know from some of his other work too. He's he's one of the one of the loved composers from that period of time. Mm-hmm. Now I relinquish the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, like I said, Quest for Glory Four, uh, I, I knew was going to be chosen before me. Uh, but that would be my best answer. But I kind of feel like I want to bring something else to the table and try to avoid Sierra games just because that's they're just so easy to pick. Um, and our audience, they, they'll, they know that we just... Everything mm-hmm. Sierra is pretty awesome. Um, I um, I actually included uh, very few Sierra games in on my playlist because I know how much people know it already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's actually my only one Sierra game on my whole list this time. So nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess with mine, I don't, I don't know if it if I'd really describe it as so much as being a character. So I'm not sure if it's really relevant to this part of the conversation since. I was fully expecting that this was going to be Paul's answer. I guess I might as well answer uh, this one for him. But the theme to Police Quest 2. Nice. Which I'm really, really quite stunned that you did not uh, (laughs) choose that one, Paul. But yeah, no, it was, um, again, uh, Police Quest 2 is a game that I've always played on the PC speaker anytime that I played it. Until very recently. And... You know, you take a theme like that and you reduce it to the uh, beeps of a PC speaker, you're losing, like, a lot. Like, not even just, like, (laughs) the usual drop-down. I just mean, like, you're not going to capture any of it. Mm -hmm. So when people were saying, like, oh, the Police Quest 2 theme is so great, I'm like, it's all right. It's cool. Whatever. (laughs) You know, there, there were, you know, there are other great themes that I heard through PC speaker that I thought were great. Like, you know, uh, Heroes Quest one or, you know, Space Quest series. They're all great, Mm. even on a PC speaker, even though they're way better on a sound card. But when you hear, uh, Police Quest two finally on a sound card, you're like, oh, that is pretty cool. And then you hear it on the Roland, and oh, then it's just like, man. dear God, like, what the hell is this theme? This is amazing. <laughs> it adds a whole nother level. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. And then just everything, like, I, I just see the game in a new light because it just sets mm-hmm. the tone. It just, like, it really just um, mm-hmm. uh, reshapes the whole experience. It's like digitally remastered in Dolby Atmos. <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might argue, too, that... Um, the opening, the character select for Quest for Glory 1 is like the definitive PC speaker piece. Like, it's absolutely realized in that form. Well, this kind of brings me to the next next kind of topic I wanted to discuss, which was just isolating 
intros alone like just mm-hmm. just i guess you could say intros and or you know main main themes and and f- for me there's there's two kind of and this i'm sure i'm over uh not over overseeing something but but for me there's there's two clear winners and, and that would be police quest 2 which just it is just the epitome oh, so, so of, you were of, saving it up for this one is that like... <laughs> <laughs> no, no actually to be honest it was it was in the lot but but yeah, it was it was going to come up. It was inevitable. It's it's yeah. one of my ringtones. Um, <laughs> it nice, just captures nice. the the '80s so well. The, mm-hmm. the Police Quest Two, but the other one for me is just all time favorite intros and themes to get that kind of going is is Space Quest Three. Mm-hmm. That that's oh, yeah. one of those, especially through yeah. through the Roland or or how it was meant to be heard. Let's say it's just just forever catchy. I mean, I, you know when I. When I have you know writer's block, or I don't. I just pick up a guitar to just doodle. I, I always end up kind of at some point playing that. There's just something about that. It's just magical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it immediately leaps to mind. Uh, I, I th- I'd rather talk about this game later, but the first Streets of Rage. You're talking about the '80s streets. The, the mm-hmm. intro is immaculate. The music is is just amazing. Um, uh, but also Loom. Uh, Tchaikovsky oh, yeah. uh, redone by. Uh, uh, Paul, I'm, I'm blanking on the guy's name. Do you know the guy's name? Uh, who does Loom? No. I was trying to find it before. Before I did, I could not find it. it it's a, he's a really well-known guy, but he goes by a moniker. Um, but he he transcribed Tchaikovsky into uh, the PC format, and it is it's just it's uniquely uh, impressive. I find just t- transporting, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really like the uh, just the very beginning intro, the music you get on the PC speakers when you play Thexter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it is it is catchy, but it's like also like haunting, and, and right, it brings right. you into the game. Like it's not like ultra like ah oh, shoot 'em up like Galaga kind of a sound. It's just like mysterious and and musical. It's it's a nice intro. I like that one. It really it really intrigues me when I listen to it. I I feel bad because if you're you know. The second thing you talk about, Paul, is the intro, and that just brings me back around again to Quest for Glory 4. <laughs> you guys are going to love this playlist. <laughs> well, even King's words. Quest 4 has a great uh, great intro oh, to it yeah. as soon as it comes mm-hmm. on and you hear it. And like I said, my memories are mostly coming from the PC version, but I recently listened to it on Roland, and wow. <laughs> like, yeah. am I even playing I, the same game? You know what? I, I, I'm going to cheat here. Just because I've never actually played this game, but if we're talking about intro themes, um, I mean, we have mm. to mention the fact that Civilization Four won a Grammy or something like that. Like, oh, it actually, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. This will be, this will be the one category where you can you don't have to have played it, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't have to play it to get to the intro bit. So it's, it's, it's you, you've probably still heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course, yeah. I had to yeah. look it up once I found out, and it, it is fantastic. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty remarkable um, concept. The, the the arrangement of it itself is is pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, and I have to agree with King's Quest Four. I'd say that's mm-hmm. arguably the most successful um, theme introduction of of the whole series. Like, uh, th- there's a lot of music in the other and other games, but I mean, even uh, King's Quest Five, a game whose music I love. Uh, I of think course. some of the intro music is not as good as the later music, whereas mm-hmm. King's Quest Four really brings you in uh, in a really enchanting way. It's, I, I think uh, 
it's probably like of a, original music. It's probably the most successful. The, the the first King's Quest, you just can't forget Green Sleeves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. That's not even that's not even a classic song, as far as I know. It's just King's Quest. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> Oops, excuse me. And that's a unique example of classic gaming, basically a co-opting the memory of a of a traditional standard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, all of the civilization, uh, you know, Civilization 3, I don't think it won anything in particular for its music, but being that it's the music I hear the most in this house outside of the Minecraft music, I I absolutely love it. And and Mm. every time you get to a a different era, you get some different music, so it's not always repeating itself. (laughs) Cool. This isn't actually all that serious, but just in case anybody should happen to know... um, just if I can get a chuckle out of people listening to this, I'm just going to say the um, the uh, main menu music for uh, WWF No Mercy on N64. Hmm. Um, it, it's one of those things where it's just game. a joke in and of itself. <laughs> so if anyone is listening okay. to this who has played that game, they are probably already laughing, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Respect. <laughs> one, one of those seeds planted. You'll, you only need one person, and it'll have been worth it to have mentioned it. Yeah, exactly. Lisa Someone is going to out of like the hundred people or so that listen to this regularly, <laughs> one person will be like, "Ha!" Ah, and that's it. That's like, I'm done. That <laughs> was worth the three minutes I spent wasting on mentioning this one. And speaking of uh, original uh, songs that were composed, Al Lowe and the original Leisure Suit Larry theme. Oh, God, I mean, Just yeah. your basic do, 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 do. I mean, it's it's great. It's in my head. Hell, I've even put lyrics to it. So I think I think it's nice. a totally fun song. Oh, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And perfectly mm-hmm. um, within the means of the PC speaker, like we were saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's funny with with the exception of Monkey Island's like totally immortal theme, Sierra mm-hmm. really had a monopoly on the the art of mm-hmm. uh, recognizable theme ac- across all their quest mm-hmm. enterprises. That was pretty. That's pretty impressive. Like, yeah, like yeah, they had like series themes. Like you you hum mm-hmm. the Quest for Glory theme, and you know that's Quest for Glory, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then that's the Space right. Quest theme, you, know, you can hum a little bit of that. And that's the Space Quest song, right? Yeah. yeah. And yet everyone will think of Space Quest 3 in the, in the beginning yes. as well. <laughs> yes. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> I'm always surprised when people don't know it. I'm humming it away and they're like, oh, what is it? I'm like, oh, it's just from Quest for Glory. They're like, I've never heard that before. I'm like, really? Because I've known that practically my whole life. I don't see how that's possible. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's... Uh, one one day recently, my my five year old was walking around humming Space Quest Three, and I was just like, "Good, you you are you are ready to go to university. I'm done here. <laughs> nice. My job is done. done. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Leave the nest. Um, <laughs> no, get out. <laughs> <laughs> spread the good word. Go knock on doors. I will add as well that uh, kind of touching back into my conversation of Nobuyo Matsu, he's also a great theme master, although. I mean, the Final Fantasy theme is totally ubiquitous, but uh, to avoid jumping just straight into the same territory, I would recommend anyone who hasn't, who likes his work and hasn't heard the themes from Lost Odyssey. That is a, mm. another more modern and remarkable version of of uh, picking a strong melody and having that be just instantly associated with the world you're being sucked into and the the, the feelings that come along with it. Like, that's... He, just another example of how he's good at doing that kind of thing too. Right. 
I uh, I've not heard it. I've not played it, but I was working at EB Games when Lost Odyssey came out, so I know a bit about the hype behind it. So uh, I'm actually just on that alone. I'm actually really happy to hear that name again because I I just haven't heard oh, that man. in like probably about ten years. I'll, I'll link you up to the the just the opening music. It is mm-hmm. breathtaking. Like it's like he's he's the kind of, he works on another level in the industry for sure. It, it's sad to see him paring down, but I guess I understand. Yeah, <laughs> he's done. He's done a lot with his life. I got kind of a a, a different. I wanted to take like a different approach on the 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 pre. The fir- I think it was the first question, which was like a, a music that feels like a character in a game. How about in, instead of being that prominent, I guess you could say, what stands out to you a lot is as music that doesn't stand out as a character it's not maybe that loud in personality it just really enhances the immersion for the game well i mean that's actually uh i I think this qualifies but i was probably the first thing that jumped into my head were two games um the one (laughs) being more familiar to everyone is uh shadow of the colossus Mm -hmm. oh yeah uh Mm -hmm. and that is just fantastic i don't know how many of you guys played i i I hear that's a great game i have that one on the Mm -hmm. playstation (laughs) Yeah, I like that company, uh, the remake company, Blue Point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Demon Souls. I'll just say it, and we can move on. <laughs> it's That's coming right. out soon. That's oh my right. god, I can't <laughs> wait! But it, it's just fantastic because it just knows the. Um, I, I guess my theme for the uh, picks that I have is a sort of uh, games that can almost manipulate the player or at least manipulate me because they just know how to mm-hmm. use it so well. So you know, Shadow of the Colossus is so quiet. And so barren and just like no music for so long uh, until you get to one of the colossi. And then like the music hits um, just to, like build up the anticipation of squaring off against this giant thing. And then once you uh, latch on and climb onto them, then it just like picks up into like that ad- adventure score. And mm-hmm. it's just it you're in and it's just, like it won't let you go. Um, mm-hmm. And you're just like I, I that's like a game where I'm bodily just shifting back and forth like flinging myself from side to side because i'm just so into trying to hang on to these things to uh (laughs) take them down you know it's a great game it's like a it's such a great combination of puzzle and fighting games Mm -hmm. you know you really have to think about it you have to plan your moves you can't just like go in there and and take them on and the music just pulls you right in you are so right there uh and and the other one i just want to mention real quick is uh in terms of just like just being so allowing myself to be so controlled by the music is um uh, i guess for the whole series but more particularly so for me phoenix wright ace attorney trials and tribulations Mm, it might have to do yeah. with the fact that that's the first one in the series that I played, even though it's the third game. But just the music in that is just, you know, the character themes, the uh, dramatic themes, everything just it. The game tells me what I need to be thinking or feeling at any moment. And I take it hook, line and sinker every time. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. You, well, you'd mention a game where it kind of brings you in, but the music's not always as present until you're you know actually on the colossus uh my son alex and i were talking about the game outer wilds it's it's a game where mm. you're kind of stuck in a 22 minute time loop uh, and and the music isn't really there until you're accomplishing something or doing something and it just kind of sets that ambiance for the scene and uh, and makes it that much more intense and, and the small amount of music that there is 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 even more powerful because it's not always there so I, I really like how it uses it that way 
Mm. Right. Yeah. Breathing space can be really important to immersion. That's a good, that's mm-hmm. a good example of that. Yeah. I've heard great things about that game. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's really yeah, cool. The, Definitely worth checking out. <laughs> yeah, the absence of music or even sound or selective. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, I guess, I guess to, for for my pick for for just enhancing immersion, kind of alone, uh, would be one we've mentioned already, um, which is King's Quest Four. And if I was suspiciously mm-hmm. quiet when that was being mentioned, this is why. <laughs> so I was like, I just want to hold my thoughts on that. But, <laughs> gotcha. But gotcha. Um, I, I just recently really played that game very, very recently, and and uh, making my way through the King's Quest series and. And I, yeah, I was just blown away hearing, hearing it on the MT, and it was—I don't know if it was a combination. I, I know the music was great, don't get me wrong, but I, I do think it helped that I expected very little of that game because I did not bloody like the first three Kings Quest games. Um, so I, just, <laughs> I just got through them. It was just like chew and gristle because you need the protein. I just, just bloody just got through them. Um, so, so I have to make it very clear <laughs> that I was enamored by the fourth, fifth, and sixth one. Um, <laughs> you're, you're right. That's what's best. Is you're right. The music is sparse in the fourth one, but but it makes room for when it arrives to like really impact. Yeah, good way to put it. Yeah, definitely, and, and it really enhances the the creepiness that that, that game has. That mm-hmm. game had mm-hmm. a shocking amount of depth to it. I was not prepared for, um, especially mm-hmm. coming off the the first three games and, and really just early AGI games. The the depth of that game was really cool, and I, I was not aware that it took a a creepy direction with the sun setting and zombies. I, I wasn't somehow wasn't aware of all that. It wasn't spoiled for me again somehow. No. Um, but yeah, the music just, it was just phenomenal. And, and I know they, they really, they tried really hard with that because I think that was the, the, the first, I could be totally wrong about this, but I think that was the first game to, to have sound card support. And they really wanted to oh, show really? off the MT32 yeah. and things like this. So yeah, I could be wrong. I, I, I feel pretty confident about it. I'm going to give myself 70% chance that. I'm right. Yeah, it was the first PC game to support a sound card. Yeah, we, we read about nice. that in the uh, uh, Sean Mills book, I believe. Uh, they mentioned something about right. that. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So it makes sense. They tried really hard, and I think the composer they hired had worked in Hollywood and such. But I mean, none of that really matters, just because it doesn't. In, in any of the other games we're, we're talking about musically, the credentials behind it don't matter. So it, it's not affecting my choice. In other words, it, it was just the the immersion and the experience behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I had to mention another one, I was tempted to put this one for for the you know music that feels like a character in the game. But but really, I would just say for immersion in general, I would go with the Neverhood. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. It is completely bonkers. Uh, Terry Scott Taylor, I believe his name you know, is. I would actually even, sorry to cut you off, I, I yeah. would actually even say it's not even an immersive experience for me, the music in that game. It's actually the opposite, but to awesome effect. Like that, the music in that game lets me know it's there mm-hmm. and lets me yeah. know it's weird and lets me <laughs> know that like nothing is really uh normal in this world yeah yeah no that's a good way to put it You're right because it's yeah it, it, it's not it's not nudging you gently into the direction it wants you to feel it is it is belting <laughs> it at you you know you should feel ridiculous right now or whatever the the case is it's, that's usually the case um but yeah it's, it's just awesome and it's it's also one of the few soundtracks that i um that i can listen to without the game because mm-hmm. I, I and and that's a lot of that's personal. Like I I, I work mm-hmm. with with uh, with with soundtrack music and stuff like that. So a lot of times when I'm listening to music, I I, I prefer I don't prefer instrumentals. I kind of need a break from all that. So it, I think it says says even more for me to be like you know that's that's a, a 
a composition or, or, or a score or whatever that I can listen to like freely without the game being played. It's just, it's just that kind of fun and whimsical and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Crazy. And it would only work in the neighborhood. <laughs> there is no other game that music <laughs> yeah. can do yeah. at all. <laughs> That's neat. Um, maybe, maybe by by way of its like intoxicating nature, like in, in terms of uh, a- aesthetic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it definitely fits the like aesthetic. That. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, uh, so I I have a couple games in mind. I think I think PC is a really good response to this question because of, I mean, I mean, there's such a style to a lot of console gaming. It's just kind of you're cool and you're awesome and you're rocking along. You got a soundtrack going on. Um, but a lot of PC games seem to go for more incidental music. I think Sierra is a great example of that, um, where they just have little pieces of music to push you along here and there. But but another a uh, couple games that nailed musical immersion. Uh, go, I was going back, um, go, going way back to when you first play Wolfenstein 3D, and you've never played a, a first-person shooter like this before, and someone shows you that there's a secret level at the end of the first level and you you look around you find a few extra lives you go into the elevator and you're in this other world all of a sudden this this weird purple world and this creepy tiptoeing hiding around every corner song guides you through this secret level there there is it's just a really i think interesting example of that and uh and i think id software did something similar too in doom the first doom before before any other man when I played even the second or third chapter, when you get to the last boss that you like, you're you're having this doom experience, oh my god, like everything looks so real and you're and you're you're mowing through all these demons and you get to the last boss and the music, which normally has been just foot to the pedal, rock and roll, some some of the best like rock emulation in, in video game history, um, all of a sudden you get to the last level and it slows down and it almost mm-hmm. stops and you just hear and these slow synth swells come in and a very quiet like melody eventually kicks in, kicks in that's kind of on the edge of despair and i mean you, you like that that immersion it's one of the most real final bosses I, I feel like I ever had as of an experience as a kid. Like you, you meet that pink demon who later on is just an incidental character. But the first time you meet him, the, the presentation just, just like puts you at his altar and, and yeah. pr- it puts you in a supine position to be like, you know, get ready. It, mm-hmm. it was, it was a fascinating example back in the day of, of, of how, um, the suspension of disbelief with the materials are given just, brought you to another dimension of hell (laughs) um and i also want to mention i don't want to take too much time but because um really relevant to this topic are games where the music changes as you're playing Mm -hmm. uh spore was a really big proponent of that brian eno himself actually made the soundtrack for that i i think a lot of people haven't played the i never did myself but but it made history for that in one way but a game that did that years before which is highly it's hard to appreciate, but it's very underrated. It's Fantasy Star 3. A lot of people don't know this because they didn't play the game long enough, and I don't always blame them for that. Um, but there's a lot of building structures in the music. Um, when you first step out onto the world map, you have 
it's it, you, there's a melody that plays an overworld theme the more characters you get in your party it'll add another instrument to the uh, to the oh. overworld theme you get a third character another instrument is added um when you have a, eventually you have a full party, five members, and there's this huge, once the fifth party member joins, the drums start, and you're marching forward. Um, and they also, in the battles, depending on how you're doing, the musical change. It's pretty jarring music for some people. Um, it's the original Genesis sound trip, chip, which I'd love to talk about later, but if there's time. But, um, but it's just interesting examples of, of, of composers actually trying to have the game respond to your state mm -hmm. to, to bring you in it's different stuff that is fascinating i really want uh that to be more of a thing <laughs> yeah it's, it's neat hey like yeah not even not necessarily that particular thing but just like for people to really just use the medium to uh mm -hmm. to affect to that extent right well then you go into a game like crypt of the necrodancer and I mean, the whole game is based on the beats of the music. I don't know if any of you guys have played it, but the music from that game, even if you don't play it, is just some of the catchiest, best music out there. Mm, that's interesting. And I mean, that's that's an entirely rhythm-based game. So uh, if you haven't played it, uh, even just go on YouTube and check out a video because it is damn catchy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely I'm, will. I'm just so charmed by uh, Curse of the Necro, uh, Necro Dancer being yeah. incredibly catchy it's just like skeletor running a dance party <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's crypt of That's the awesome. necro dancer oh yeah, yeah crypt it's, of the necro dancer yeah it's really good i almost wonder if the music almost when i'm playing a game like hollow knight it almost seems like the music <sighs> is responding to everything that i do it just it pulls me right into the game it feels so immersive i, I christopher larkin just does some amazing work with music he's he's just so good Mm -hmm. Can we gush about Hollow Knight for five seconds? <laughs> no, it's such a good it's, game. <laughs> it's it's a miracle, right? It's just Isn't so it? good. <laughs> anyway, there, I'm happy. <laughs> I, I am going to have to buy that because I just hear only the best thing. Like every time I hear about that game, I hear better and better things about it. So yeah, once you get, the, I mean, it's not one of those games that, as a casual gamer, you can just jump in and be pretty good at. It it's got a lot of depth. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of technique and memorization, mm -hmm. and the music, like I said, it just it draws you all in. It it's really all consuming. Mm -hmm. Going way back to I think like the first question we asked about the music being <laughs> a character, or at least right, the right. setting, at the very least, uh, you know, music being like an integral part of the setting. Uh, mm -hmm. I just have to throw this out there, but Fantasy Star Two. Mm. oh yeah that's mm -hmm. on my list yeah I, I i put a couple tracks for that on the uh the on the first two pieces of music you hear in, in that game are some of the finest examples of original genesis sound chip you can find yeah yeah mm -hmm. they're incredibly evocative i love those pieces of music yeah. and uh yeah and it's one of the early jrpgs so it's um yeah there's a lot of game design theory that uh they didn't benefit from knowing before then um but it's just still so dear in my heart, even if I try to play it now. And oh, it's yeah. a bit of a slog. It's a, it's flawed um, mm -hmm. when you try to play it, uh, you know, 30, 40 years later, however long it's been. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's more but, dated than Sierra games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Lots. just the music. The music is what got me in the first place. And then it's what gets me back in. It's just sort of like they nailed it so much. And just the music alone makes me just want to live in that world, which is saying something because that's a horrible world to live in. But, uh... <laughs> well, you know, that's what Sega was really good at. I mean, even Sonic the Hedgehog 1, the music gets stuck in my head all the time. Woo! You know, they, they just, they had such a way with music that uh, nobody else really did at the time in that certain style of it. 
Mm-hmm. That, that's a greatest hits game right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm also, I just would like to steal a comment really quick before we move away from Fantasy Star 2 and, and just they have a whole legacy of great music in that series. The fourth one is probably among the top five 16-bit soundtracks ever made. Wow. Uh, wow. I, will, I will stand by that. The music in Fantasy Star 4 is, uh, is a total like cultural moment, in my opinion. But, wow. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, like Fantasy, Final Fantasy VI, but in a completely different way. Uh, but, but anyhow, uh, Sonic is a, a whole wing of this chat yeah. conversation. <laughs> I have a, a bunch of sections dedicated to him in the playlist and a lot of conversations. Well, since we're kind of uh, close enough to it, you mentioned earlier that you were looking forward to, to speaking a little bit about the, the chip that Sega used, and I'm really curious oh, yeah. what, what you have to say. All right. Well, the, the Genesis, Sega Genesis is one of my absolute favorite systems for music. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who grew up with Super Nintendo who had a lot of disdain for the Sega chip, but like when they originally created it, they were they were real artisans putting attention into it. They they had they had a real direction going, and it's weird to note that. Uh, Sega Genesis has has at least two really different periods of time with their music because of the, the a change in sound chips that occurred. Mm. Um, the original stuff you'll find uh, like the Final, Fantasy Star two and three are great examples of that. Uh, a, another really well known one uh, and completely different than Fantasy Star is Toe Jam and Earl. Yeah. And then and you take it further <laughs> oh. and you've got Echo of the Dolphin. These mm-hmm. these crazy soundtracks. Um, Echo the Dolphin is a great example of. Uh, I, I saw that, that there's there's lists that are rating it as as the greatest 16-bit soundtrack ever made. I take issue with that, but it's still it's impressive to think people do that. And it has something to do with the fact that the 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 sound chip itself they took a real chance with the sound they were going for, and and and, and it embedded in that is this kind of like future of the past. Um, it's a weird sounding sound chip, and it leads into its machinery noises. It it makes a lot of really strange tones, and there was this weird esoteric vibe to it that it was uniquely Japanese, but also technological, like tech culture, mm-hmm. uh, a little rebellious even before Sonic the Hedgehog. But uh, like, there's stuff like uh, this. The Castle of Illusions got a great sound from it, uh, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite games, one that is. Uh, to to refer to for the sound chip, one that isn't discussed, I think, as much as it should be uh, in terms of classic gaming for consoles, is a game called The Immortal. Uh, and the back in the day, the music for that was something kids talked about. And I don't hear people talk about it very much, but the original theme song, it's the first song on the playlist that I've got, is a really haunting little number, and it's a really unique, really weird little game. It was on Nintendo and Sega Genesis, very different versions, different soundtracks, um, and some songs are actually better on the Nintendo, but that's because Nintendo has one of the greatest sound chips of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that early period was just so weird. It, it was so weird, and, uh, and it, once Super Nintendo came out, the thing, the game really changed, and and Sonic the Hedgehog almost seemed to usher in the the uh, the new age of the, the the coming up sound chip. I don't know the exact dates about it, but once once he started like streamlining the 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 console into this other image of just like hipness, coolness, and rebellion, and and it, became, it just came a little bit cooler, not so brazenly weird, which I love about the early Sega Genesis uh, mm-hmm. material. Uh, then you started getting into stuff like Streets of Rage, which took. Yes which took 
game soundtrack mentality to a whole other level that where you get you get you get into stuff like Streets of Rage 2 a soundtrack that's pretty well known in the game community but if you really listen to it there's there's things you wrap you try to wrap your head around them and it's like no human could possibly play this and mm -hmm. we're entering uh, a realm of composition that is completely unique to the video game experience um, and and the kind of expressions that we're getting in there it starts to talk a kind of a different language once you get there Streets of Rage was a really big uh, a really big proponent in that getting like that kind of thing across. Although it was following Nintendo, uh, the capabilities set there. Like, I think a lot of people know the Silver Surfer soundtrack for Nintendo. If you don't give it a listen, it'll <coughs> just, you'll sit there and be like, what the hell is this? How can people make this? Like, it's so good. Like, it's just wild. And I think Streets of Rage took that off. Um, I also, I, I included a bunch of Shining Force games. They, they did really good with the, uh, they're very fine soundtracks. They're uh, less serious in tone than the Final Fantasy ones. They're 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 quite bright, very anime, uh, not in music, but just in art direction. But the actual quality of the instruments they use and 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 the care of the composition, great stuff. Fantasy Star Four, and then Sonic the Hedgehog, of course, was this. It, it is a whole like movement of itself for video game music library. I think a lot of people know that Michael Jackson helped work on the third one. Mm -hmm. I did not um, know that. No, yeah, me neither. He, it's it was it was kind of an industry secret. Um, it's possible that it hasn't been confirmed, but people talk about it like it's been confirmed. Um, they they like they really speak about it quite directly. Mm -hmm. uh, I've included. There's one song, Mystic Cave Zone, uh, that I've included. That you can hear it. It you can hear his sensibilities and instantly. Right. It's a really really cool vibe. And so yeah, Sonic was attracting that kind of perspective with the sound chips um and honestly i love just the sound chips so much i've also included in the list there's a couple translations of super nintendo music that has been run through the sega genesis sound chip that are mm -hmm. so beautiful uh the sticker brush symphony from donkey kong country that that's an example of a classic like a well ingratiated classic into a classic gaming uh mentality that i think is actually better in the genesis sound chip the the version I, that i've got there's also a version of Shala's song by Chrono Trigger. That's just amazing. Mm -hmm. It's and it's really translating them across the different sound chips is a really good way to get a picture of how different the compositional mentalities were between systems. I, I I've only kind of sort of begun to glean it so while listening to these translations, so I can't say too much more about it. Uh, but to wrap up this topic, there is also some people may not be aware of. There's a a, a song from Sonic the Hedgehog 2 that was included in the cartridge but was not put in any levels. And mm. it's called Hidden Palace Zone, very appropriately. And I, I got that on the playlist, but you can just look it up yourself too. And it's a great tune. And it just was never... Anyone who played the game never heard it. But, uh, yeah, I... I love that freaking sound chip. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you mentioned Echo the Dolphin. You know, there's something about that game. It's also... It's the... The loneliness of the sound and the way, I know it's in the title, but the way it echoes yes. it back, like when you're sending your beam out and it's coming back and you're hearing it go through the water, you know, like it, it's really like no other game. And it had to have been that good because the game is so bloody hard to figure out that yeah. you need to have good music and ambiance to keep you going. <laughs> but, but, but you, I think you would know, uh, right off the bat then that like the, the weird alien character of the game, that comes mm -hmm. out of Echo, like like mm -hmm. at, fir at first, you know, it's about psychic dolphins or whatever. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. whatever the way they speak. Uh, but uh, 
but then you get into these really weird places and it gets mm -hmm. colder and it gets more alien exactly. and and that that original sound chip i'm pretty sure like i hear the sounds and i'm i'm really confident that that, that was that original chip uh, mm. If I'm wrong, oh well. But it's still a Sega Genesis chip. The the weirdness of the aesthetic that they decided to go with, I I almost suspicious that that made them think of going weird with the game. Like this mm. is where we could go with it. Mm. Um, but but yeah, it is it is a great example of of, mm. of a, str a strange decision in sound hardware creating a an environmental experience that is haunting, just mm -hmm. unforgettable. And uh, also in line with its theme of sonar, like there's just so much interesting about that game, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Conceptually, uh, yeah. Thank you for letting me indulge in the uh, the sound chip discussion. <laughs> I've also got interesting discussion about uh, the CD-ROM era, uh, but uh, we can do that another day if we have. We to. will absolutely <laughs> love to do that uh, one of these days. But uh, is there anything yeah. else before we start wrapping this up from anyone? Uh, um, shout out to Tetris and Commander Keen 4 for uh, both yeah. of them keeping songs in my head over the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Fester's World of Wonders in in what? Space Quest yeah, 3 is just ridiculous <laughs> and, and great. And uh, and Thimbleweed Park, uh, that's that's an that's an amazing one. It, it's oh, it's just yeah. like a, a guy and and his and his Gretch hollow body kind of vibe like i don't know noir surf i don't really know how to pin it but it's cool. it, it fits it perfectly oh, and the astro chicken music i have to say that too <laughs> <laughs> you can't well, that's just, that stuff yeah um i guess if there's one that needs to be mentioned that hasn't been mentioned yet the moon theme from ducktales nes Ooh, yes yeah mm -hmm. I, I don't know it oh man that's good i that's definitely one of those songs that punched way above its weight class for the NES. Yeah, I gotta look that up. I, I'm more familiar with Quackshot. It's a surprise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great game. Really underrated game. <laughs> mm -hmm. As far as as far as Disney merchandise goes, right? But uh, but Disney made great games in the '90s. Mm -hmm. Anyway, early '90s. My son loves the uh, the crazy piano mix version. Like they they do them for all sorts, so they go faster and faster and faster until it gets almost impossible, and you don't even know how they're playing it. But they have that one for the moon theme, <laughs> oh, so good. Nice. <laughs> all right, so just as we wrap this up, Lucas, thank you very much for coming on the show. My pleasure. If you have any plugs or shout outs that you would like to give, uh, the floor is yours. Okay. Um. Thank you. First, myself, my band is called Zen Junkie. You can find us anywhere you find music. We're on iTunes, Spotify, etc. Uh, if you want to hear my more video game and fantasy related music, I've got an album called Half Elf. I usually advertise on the Classic Gamers Guild. Uh, I have a, a, a different approach to, to creating video game music I really like. Uh, but other than that, uh, for your own benefits, there's a band called The Runaway 4. They have no idea that I'm pimping their product here. <laughs> uh, if you like video game cover bands, you could do yourself a favor to, to look into what they do. And um, another person who has no idea, I'm <laughs> sending people to look at our work. If you like uh, the Nobuo Uematsu music, uh, especially Final Fantasy VI that I referenced before, there's a woman named Aiko Ishiwata of Studio Ishiwata who, who has done, in my opinion, the best acoustic recreations. Uh, of the basic themes short of Yumatsu actually performing them live in orchestras. 
Uh, it's just kind of like homemade iterations of them. Those are really good. And she's uh, trying to become a game developer and just blindly as, as someone who is making games right now, I just want to, you know, throw love towards people who are even doing it, even if I don't mm-hmm. even know them really. It's just like a, a vibe in the industry I'd like to encourage. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, check out our tunes, man. We kick ass. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely attest Shameless. to that. I have, Shameless uh, self-promotion. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely attest to that, having bought uh, several of your albums off of Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. And I, uh, I would like to actually burn them onto a CD so I can play them in a proper CD player. But uh, right now, we'll, they uh, we'll definitely they definitely get me through the work day as we uh, yeah. get through the work from home stages. I, I, I don't, yeah, awesome. I'll figure. I also like to speak highly of Paul Corman. I was, uh, I've, I've listened to your stuff uh, a while ago, and I was, I was listening to it again last night. And you're very, you're a very capable engineer. There's a lot of stuff I don't know how I would actually start to make that. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you so much, man. It means a lot. Yeah, man. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of really cool stuff, and uh, I actually um, relate to some of the creative impulses. Uh, by which I think I, I, we something we share in common is a love of a, of a good pitch shifter on a guitar. Nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah I lean heavily on that. <laughs> well, 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 it's really it's really nice to use when you find the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, well, thank you all very much for joining us again this week. Uh, for those of you who want to join the conversation, you can write us at mail at classicgamersguild.com. We are also on Facebook. We're primarily on Facebook, really. We have a page in a group. Come look us up at the Classic Gamers Guild. We are on Twitter at the CG Guild. We are on Instagram at CGG Podcast. And you can find us on Patreon if you'd like to support the show. Um, we'd like to first and foremost thank all of our patreon supporters especially to those in the extra special thanks tier namely mark fillion and jay holmes thank you so much for your contributions actually speaking of which since we're on the topic of music paul who actually wrote the intro theme for this very uh show we never really talk about uh you and your band so why don't you give yourself a plug and a shout out oh uh I feel uncomfortable. I'm not sure. <laughs> all right. Well, then, that's all the time we have for... Oh, no, wait, hold on. <laughs> oh, sorry. Did you, did you actually want to... Okay. <laughs> I was just trying to fake humble first. Come on. <laughs> yeah, go to uh, go to the volumeremote.com if you want, you know, or anywhere else. It's free at the website. You got to pay everywhere else, but, uh, you know... The the pay thing is is a tip jar, I guess. It's it's my my uh, upside down busker hat, uh, but yeah, just just go to Bandcamp, just get it for free. It doesn't matter, and uh, it's fine. Maybe you know, give it a pity listen. <laughs> Check out Lucas's stuff first, all right? And don't do a murder. <laughs>